USA Wealth Group Inc. presents Money Wise with the Money Guys. Ray Lance and Pete Lance are your hosts for the next hour, talking retirement topics and having the retirement conversation for those at or nearing retirement. For more than 20 years, USA Wealth Group has been committed to helping families protect and grow their wealth by providing safe and effective strategies. The conversation starts now. Welcome to Money Wise Radio. You're listening to the best of Money Wise Radio. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to Money Wise. Today we want to focus on myths about life insurance and myths about estate planning and uh, legal topics and so forth. Because what I found over the years is that people have many, many misconceptions. Mostly they pick them up from their neighbors or their friends. And often they're wrong. So today we're going to try to dispel some of these myths. And I'd like to begin by saying a warm welcome to my favorite lawyer, and maybe yours, attorney, Tenny Lance. Good morning, Tenny. Good morning, everyone. And uh, how are you doing this morning? Are you full uh, of energy and life? And Well, yes, good. I usually am. Yeah, you usually are. You're kind of like a chirping bird in the morning. It's kind of like the pink bunny wound up, ready to go. You mean the ever-ready bunny that never quits? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Energizer. Oh, Energizer bunny. What did I say? Ever-ready bunny? And and the voice in the background that you hear also is from Pete Lance. Good morning, Pete. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Let's see. I won't comment on shaving this morning because I told you I won't talk about uh, shaving anymore. And yet you're doing it. I won't talk about whiskers anymore. I, I promise I won't talk about it anymore today. Well, with that having not been said, let's begin and talk about some famous myths about life insurance. So, Pete, do you have life insurance in your life? I do. I have children, so I do have life insurance. I think that anyone who has dependents uh, is, you know, quite frankly, really doing a very big disservice to your family, to your dependents, if you do not have life insurance, especially if you have children who are minors. Okay, and do you think that having children is the only reason to have life insurance? No, not at all. There's many people who have it just to pay for their funeral. There's many people I know who do not have any dependents at all. Uh, Some people don't even have a spouse, and they just want to make sure that, you know, their funeral is, is covered. How about if you want to make sure that you can leave something extra to maybe the church that you go to? You'd like to leave something to them when you're gone, but you don't have regular assets. Uh, that could be a use for life insurance, right? Yeah, we've done that before in the past for uh, charities. We've talked to people who, we've talked to many people who don't have children but wanted to leave a legacy of just having their name be known in the town for hockey rinks and you know other charitable endeavors. And so life insurance, what you're saying then, is is a way you can leave maybe some extra money. Maybe you can leave a legacy uh, if you would like to do that. It doesn't have to be to a church. It can be to your favorite charity. It could be to your favorite cause. Or it could be to family members. Most people do it, I suspect, for family members. Yeah, to leave something to them or at least to pay off any uh, bills and you know maybe possible estate taxes when they're gone. Uh, so the beneficiaries don't have to worry about that. So I've heard a myth recently that if you have life insurance and then you had the COVID vaccine, your life insurance policy is not going to pay out. That's not true, is it? No, and that's the first I had heard of that when, you know, reviewing the the materials for this week's show. I hadn't heard that at all, uh, but it's absolutely a myth. I, I don't know where that came up with, but there's so much misinformation that's going around that uh, it doesn't really surprise me. It's kind of amazing what doesn't surprise me anymore with false you know, information. No, it doesn't. In fact, um, I only believe things that I can see and verify and touch or smell or feel. Um, I don't believe in a lot more because uh, in, in terms of financial things at least, uh, we all have various backgrounds and studies that we've done and taxes and legal issues and insurance and so forth. And yet we're constantly learning in these areas too, aren't we, Pete? 
Yeah, we are. We always have to keep up with all the changes and all the new products and new regulations and everything. Uh, yeah, it really is amazing. I mean, I think that social media is really uh, a horrible thing. I use it, of course, but uh, everybody is now an expert and they get their information from so many unqualified sources and they take it as gospel and spread the misinformation around. So how about this one? Sometimes people say, you know, I'm young and I'm healthy and I don't need life insurance. That's a myth, isn't it? Yeah, it, it definitely is. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for young people to get life insurance. First of all, it's extremely inexpensive uh, when you're young, especially. I wouldn't recommend necessarily getting a term life insurance policy for a young person, but you could do like a 20 pay or a 30 pay and have your policy paid off by the time you're um, you know, 50 or maybe 60, depending on when you start taking it out. But the premiums are going to be so much cheaper because you're younger and then if you develop a health problem later on in life, you're now going to protect your loved ones. Uh, also, if you don't even end up getting married or have children, uh, there still will be expenses when you're gone, including for your funeral. Uh, maybe you've uh, had your parents co-sign on a student loan that can be paid off with the proceeds. So there's all kinds of reasons for a, a young individual to uh, get life insurance. And there's a lot of different kinds of life insurance. So you could buy a life insurance policy that's a whole life or universal life policy, but it also has a savings aspect to it or an investment aspect to it, right? You could be building money for college. You could be building money for retirement. So it doesn't have to be just about it's got to pay off when I'm gone, when I'm deceased. It can be for a savings purpose. The interesting thing about life insurance is if you have some kind of a whole life policy or universal life policy that's building up cash value, it can, sometimes can be better than an IRA account because later when you want to take some money out of it, you don't have to necessarily pay income taxes on it. You can borrow the money out from the cash flow, and that's a loan from your insurance policy that gets paid off out of the death benefit when you're gone. But that's not income in the meantime. So if you take money out of an IRA account, for example, that's going to be taxable income. Right, and that money doesn't have to be paid back. You never have to pay that money back. There is interest on what That's you're borrowing. Good point. But you don't have to pay it back. It just reduces the death benefit by whatever amount you take out of the cash value. But I think probably the number one reason that most people get life insurance is because simply wanting to have some protection. So in your case, you've got three children. There's an insurance policy on your life. There's an insurance policy on uh, your wife's life. And... It's really designed to protect the kids in case something happens to one of you, isn't it? Right. Uh, it's designed to uh, pay for you know the usual things that you know people have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis for food and um, you know utilities. Uh, maybe it's going to pay off the mortgage so they can live in the in the house comfortably, uh, and also to help pay for college expenses if that's what they decide to do. And that's a really good point. Let's say you just bought a house and you have a mortgage on it. Why wouldn't you come to see Pete Lance and get a term life insurance policy so that if something happens to you, there's enough money to pay off the mortgage? And then whoever continues to live in the house, let's say it's your surviving spouse, won't have a mortgage payment to make and they won't have to go out and sell the house right away. That makes good sense, doesn't it? Yeah, and you can get the term policy for the exact amount of the mortgage. And yes, of course, the mortgage will decrease, uh, but then it just leaves a benefit you know, above and beyond what the mortgage payoff would be. Um, and maybe it never pays out, and that's a good thing, but at least you protected uh, your spouse and maybe your children for the duration of that mortgage. Okay, so here's a myth. Only the breadwinner needs life insurance. Do you agree with that proposition? No, not at all. All right, and why? Well, I mean, it's, again, to protect the other loved one. It's to, you know, help to pay off that mortgage. The breadwinner, you know, may take more money in than the other spouse, but that doesn't mean that they're taking in everything. And then also if the breadwinner, excuse me, if the, the non-quote-unquote breadwinner is home, they're probably home for a reason, like taking care of children. So now who are you going to pay sure. to pay for the children? Yep, so let's say the surviving spouse at home has to go back into the workforce, somebody has got to take care of the kids, right? Yep. So life insurance is valuable when you have young children. How about when you're working, let's say you're in middle age, let's think about this for a second. 
and you say, well, I've got a good job, I've got good income, and both husband and wife are working, we're making decent money, um, we don't really need life insurance right now. But again, if you've built up a lifestyle to match your incomes, then if something happens to one of you, you've only got one income left, so you still need to think about life insurance. How about this as a myth? And Tenny, this one is for you as well. If you have health insurance, excuse me, if you have health issues, you can't get life insurance. Some people think that. Do you think that's true? I know that um, usually with life insurance, there's a requirement for a health review or health uh, series of small tests that are required. But I'm not sure it's required for everything. Tell me more. Well, sure. So, for example, um, if it was a perfect world and everybody was perfectly healthy, then you wouldn't have to worry about whether you have health issues when you're applying for life insurance. But Pete, back to you for a minute. People who can, who've had health issues can still get life insurance. They might just have a rated policy, correct? Yeah, exactly. There's different ratings. There's all kinds of different ratings. It depends on whether you're a tobacco user or not. Um, you know, whether you take a lot of medicines for high blood pressure, cholesterol, uh, whether you're overweight. There's all kinds of issues that the underwriters take into account, and then they give a rating. You're either going to be, you know, preferred plus or preferred or standard or standard non-tobacco or standard tobacco. There's all kinds of different ratings. Um, but, you know, to get a quote doesn't cost anything. You can at least see because that's another myth is that life insurance is expensive. And uh, there was an article I was just reading. Uh, let's see if I can find it quickly. It says that... Uh, Half of Americans overestimate the cost of term life insurance alone by three times its actual cost. Hmm. So most people think that life insurance is three times as expensive as it really is. But yes, there's different ratings. And if you do have a health issue that's serious, like you, maybe you had cancer, but you're cancer-free for five years, or maybe you've had a heart attack, but it's been five years, or, then you might get a rating. Uh, it's called a table rating. So I want to pursue that subject a little bit after we take a short break, but I want to give you a quotation from one of my favorite actors, Peter O'Toole, who is in Lawrence of Arabia. And this is, is for you, Tenny. Peter O'Toole once said, my favorite food from my homeland, he was British, is Guinness. My second choice is Guinness. <laughs> my third choice would have to be Guinness. So <laughs> I like him also. <laughs> with that in mind, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Stay tuned. <laughs> This is the best of Money Wise Radio. You're listening to Money Wise with the Money Guys, hosted by Ray Lance and Pete Lance. If you have questions about retirement, call today, 508 998 8858. That's 508 998 8858 for a consultation or a second opinion on your current retirement plan. 508 508- 998-8858. And now, back to MoneyWise with the Money Guys. This is the best of MoneyWise Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to MoneyWise. We're talking this morning about myths pertaining to life insurance, annuities. We're going to talk about it a little bit too. You know, people have a lot of misconceptions in general, and they like to believe what they hear their friends tell them and so forth, but your friends are not experts. If you want advice and you want to know the facts and what's real and what's not regarding these financial products, you need to make an appointment and come and meet with myself or with Pete. At uh, Give us a call at 508-998-8858. Or if you've got questions pertaining to legal matters, give a call to Attorney Tenny Lance or Attorney Mike Coleman and you can reach them at 508-998-8800. I think Peter had a good point a minute ago when he was saying that it doesn't cost anything to get quotes. No, it doesn't. And generally, that's a good thing to pick up on. So, Pete, when you get quotations for life insurance for somebody, you don't just get a quotation from one company, do you? No, typically at least four different companies. And we do that through the wholesale companies that we work with. They know the best companies. 
But it's not done in a vacuum. It's done by sending in information about the client. So there would be a few questions that would be asked. What's your height? What's your weight? What's your age? Are you a smoker? Are you a non-smoker? Have you had any unusual surgeries or illnesses that you've been treated for in the last couple of years? And I think I've only had one or two people who've actually not told the truth about that. And then when they have their medical exam and get the medical records, it turns out that they had other issues. Well, and and it depends on the amount of life insurance that you're looking for. If you're looking for a small policy, you may not have any uh, medical, you know, sort of digging into your past at all. Uh, You may not even have what's called a paramed exam where they come and they just draw blood and check your blood pressure. They do that at your house or your work or wherever it's most convenient for you. It's just a traveling nurse that comes in. It's only five or ten minutes. Um, But that might not even be possible or might not even be required depending on the amount of life insurance, the type of life insurance, and your age. Um, But that is a good point because I always tell people don't lie about your your medical past Um, because say you do lie and it gets past the underwriters and they don't catch it and then you pass away and it's because of lung cancer from smoking that you you know didn't uh, own up to or something else that you didn't fess up to the policy won't pay out so it's important to be honest yeah you have to be honest about it but Um, you mentioned something a minute ago that is important also you asked how many different quotes i i uh, get and it's usually four different companies and what we do is we, there's at least 30 different companies that we can work with, and that's why it's important to work with an independent advisor, an independent financial advisor, because if you're a captive agent somewhere, then you only have access to that particular company's life insurance. And there are many different companies, many different life insurance policies, many different underwriting requirements. So somebody, for example, who I got life insurance for maybe five or six years ago, uh, they had a heart attack. And uh, that person had been denied everywhere else. And when I put it out there to all the different companies, one company came back and we were able to get this person insured. Um, So that's why it's important to have access to all these different companies because one company may not, or 29 companies, I should say, may not insure you or might have a much higher um, premium. And there's one company that, you know, may insure you and and maybe or maybe a lower premium. You know, we've got a lot of stories that we can share and tell you uh, that we've personally witnessed over the years. We had a gentleman who had two term policies of $250,000 each, naming his wife as the beneficiaries. Uh, They had other assets as well, fortunately. But um, he was diagnosed with a major serious illness that ultimately took his life. And his term insurance was running out, but he had the ability to continue it at a fairly high cost. What happens with term insurance when you reach the end of a term, let's say it's 20 years, then the insurance can continue sometimes, but the premium will go up really dramatically in value, sometimes as much as 10 or 15 or 20 times uh, what you had been paying a year. And so the, the question that came from him was, should I continue paying the premium at this high amount? And so what happened is he did. He paid some very expensive premiums for a little over a year, but then he died. And guess what? These $250,000 policies, two of them, paid off a half a million dollars total to his family. So insurance needs to be looked at carefully. Uh, Term insurance has its place. Whole life or universal life insurance has its place. We can help with all those things. And what you were just saying about you got to be honest because they're going to find out your medical records anyways. There's a quotation from Michelle Obama. She said, we learned about honesty and integrity, that the truth matters, that you don't take shortcuts or play by your own set of rules. And success doesn't count unless you earn it fair and square. A little bit different topic, obviously, but uh, the rule of honesty is very important for everything we do, isn't it? And honestly, we did not intend to turn this into a whole life insurance sales process, sales pitch, but we'll get off of that in just a second. The only other thing I'll mention is that if you do currently have a life insurance policy, let us review it. Uh, There's been many cases where we've been able to do what's called a 1035 exchange into a new policy with lower premiums and the same death benefit, or 
uh, possibly a single premium paid up policy where you're no longer paying any premiums. And maybe the death benefit is the same. Maybe it's a little bit less, but at least you're no longer paying uh, premiums. Um, So it depends on on the individual situation, but let us review it. There's no charge to do that. And life insurance gets less expensive just as a whole in, in general year after year just because of medical advances and people are living longer. So have us take a look and see if there's anything we can do for your current policy. One thing that I want to remind people of that I think is important for them to realize is that we have a lot of capabilities here at our office. We don't simply sell life insurance. We don't simply do wills. We don't simply have annuities or whatever that are available for people to purchase. We can do a broad range of things that can be of significant service and uh, it's like one-stop shopping, um, and we we like to think that we interrelate people's needs with the services that we can provide or the products that uh, can be sold. Good point, Tenny. And you know, sometimes if you have a larger estate and you're taking out a life insurance policy, or you have an existing larger life insurance policy that's going to cause your estate to have to pay. Massachusetts estate taxes, sometimes you can transfer the ownership of that policy into an irrevocable life insurance trust. So, Peter, we were talking earlier about your life insurance and your wife's life insurance. You don't own those policies individually. They're owned in irrevocable life insurance trusts. And that's a good way to hold title. Tenny, you were a big fan of Peter O'Toole, weren't you? Yes. Um, I I always wondered what his um, gender was I only realized recently that he was married and had children. He was very British. Wasn't he um, Sir Thomas a Beckett in the Beckett film? I'm trying to think of whether Richard Burton played that part or whether he did. I thought but Richard the, the Burton mo- played the king. I uh, can't remember, but the movie, the movie itself was called Beckett. So Peter O'Toole once said, the only exercise I take is walking behind the coffins of friends who took exercise. That's morbid and weird. (laughs) It is, but I just thought, hey, it sounds like Peter O'Toole. What the heck, we can use that one. But he also said, Peter O'Toole, if you can't do something willingly and joyfully, then don't do it. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We will be right back. This is Money Wise Radio with Ray and Pete Lance, powered by the USA Wealth Group. Collectively, more than 80 years of experience helping clients define and plan for their retirement goals. To begin a retirement consultation, call 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. You're listening to The Best of Money Wise Radio with the money guys, Ray Lance and Pete Lance. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to Money Wise. We've got a whole room full of talented people with us this morning that are going to be talking to you today. So I'd like to start out by asking a very simple question. Do you believe everything you read Do you believe everything you hear? Do you believe everything you see? So it's a tough world. We have a lot of information out there today. And I think a lot of people have myths and mistaken ideas about things that they think that they know about estate planning and financial planning. So today we're gonna talk about myths about estate planning and what to do about them, and myths about financial planning, because there's a lot of information. If I had to do it once, I would say that probably 50% of the people that I meet with, clients, prospective clients, will say, well, I heard this from my neighbor, and usually your neighbor is not a great source of information. So today we're gonna dispel some myths about estate planning in particular, and financial planning and try to clear up some things that may be wrong or just a mistake that you've heard about. 
So I'd like to say a special good morning to attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning, Tenny. Good morning. Boing, I just heard a, a spring sprang or something. And good morning to attorney Michael Coleman. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. And uh, thank you both for being here. We have some really highly paid talent, um, highly educated talent here today that we're going to talk about some very important estate planning myths. So I guess probably the most important estate planning myth that people have is that if I do my will or if I do my trust or if I do my estate plan, it means that I'm going to what? means that I'm going to die pretty soon. Oh, your poor mother believed that firmly. <laughs> but I'm sure there's a lot of people listening this morning that think superstitiously, my gosh, if I get out and get my will done, that means the end must be near. Mm. That's probably the number one reason that people put off doing estate planning, I would think. I think they just don't want to talk, talk about their own deaths. <laughs> yes. That's... Well, um, I don't know about you, Mike, but I don't think that I am immortal. Do you think that you are immortal? I, I know I'm not. <laughs> no, we're not, unfortunately. But going back to the idea of myths, Tenny and I were in a, a conference recently with a client, and they said that someone told them something about nursing home protection and losing a house that was absolutely wrong, just completely <laughs> wrong, not even close to being correct, and yet they had to come into an attorney's office to ask them if that was the right. So it happens all the time. It happens all the time, doesn't yeah. it, Tenny? It yeah, does. I, I agree with you, Mike. So the number one reason that people put off doing estate planning is because they think it signals the end is near. No, I guess you should be doing an estate planning even when you're young, shouldn't you? Absolutely. If you're 18 or over, you should have some documents in place to help your family if anything should happen to you. You should have durable power of attorney for property and health care documents. And I'm sure people are tired of hearing me say that. So we have an 18-year-old an grandson. He just turned 18. He's going to start college in just a very short while. And he needs to have a durable power of attorney and a health care proxy before he goes to college, doesn't he? He certainly should. I was thinking of that myself that he needs to get those things in place well he's going to be visiting with us very shortly so my suggestion is just get the documents done and when he comes in he's now 18 years of age he can sign and get it done yep so uh very important so do you think mike that estate planning is something that's necessary only for high net worth individuals people who have a lot of money no, I think actually, you know, a lot of people who have a smaller amount of money, maybe maybe a house could be the most important thing to them. They're the ones that are most concerned about protecting, you know, a house that maybe they've worked their whole life for to pay off. Mm -hmm. So they want to pass a house to their kids and, you know, keep things in the family because that's just really important to them, even if they have a small amount of money. And it's not just about age groups. We just said that somebody, even the age of 18, they may have assets or they may have a claim that entitles their estate to something if uh, they should be injured or if they should be killed. So even young people should have documents. How about, Tenny, if you're somebody who's newly married, first of all, is there any hope for you? <laughs> no, I, I didn't, didn't mean it that way. A long, happy marriage is ahead, I'm sure. <laughs> But um, a young couple, um, they start to accumulate assets. Maybe they buy their first house together, and um, maybe they have a child. How many people have you seen so many, many times that are young and they haven't done anything to take care of their kids? Well, we, we don't see all that many young people. I wish we saw more. But the fact is that particularly when you start having children, it's so important to get a will document in place. The will is where you name a guardian for your child, and heaven forbid something should happen to you, that child you want to be cared for by the person you name that, that you respect and like, and not by uh, somebody you might not like so much. Well, and you might have a fight about it. You might end up with somebody being appointed that you never wanted to have serve as a guardian. 
let's say you have a married couple and they have one child and on the way home from a party there's a babysitter taking care of the child the parents are killed in a car accident and they have made no arrangements at all so you could have a fight about who's the best person to take care of that child and it could be somebody entirely that the parents never wanted to have do so right it could be some grandparents that um, you'd rather not be raising your child. <laughs> or it could just be the opposite. We had, we had a case where um, a man had children with a woman. They weren't married, and he passed away, and the mother of the children was still alive. And so the question was, who's going to be the guardian and conservator for the kids? Uh, the man's parents wanted to be. And then the question was whether the mother of the kids was going to fight it. Um, so if he had had a will, if he had had something in writing saying who he wanted to be in charge of the kids' money, then that would have been helpful. He didn't have that. And so just to be really clear, uh, for both uh, you, Mike, and for Tenny, when you name somebody, you're nominating somebody. You're suggesting the person that you want to serve but it's actually the court that makes the appointment for the guardian. But they're certainly going to be looking to find out what the parents' wishes are, aren't they? Yeah, and that's part of the problem with not having any documents in place is that you're going to have to go to court, either to do a probate or maybe to do a guardianship or a conservatorship. And at that point, anyone can contest uh, the court process. Anyone can request to be appointed executor of the estate or guardian, and that can be a long process, especially if you get into a fight about it. Yeah, sometimes it can be contested. You don't want that to happen. If you have questions about any of these things, ladies and gentlemen, certainly make an appointment. Make a call today. Leave a message on the machine if there's nobody here, if it's on a weekend, or call the office, 508-998-8800 for the law firm. And you don't charge for an initial appointment to review whether somebody needs to do a will or a trust, do you? That's correct. We don't. Okay. There are some issues that we do charge for, but not that. So here's another important myth. People think that estate planning is only about getting rid of your assets and distributing your assets after you're gone, after you're deceased. That's probably the myth that bothers me most because uh, I seem to find most often that it's assets that you own while you're alive but unable for one reason or another either because of physical difficulties or mental incapacity that people are not able to to deal with the, the particular asset i have a situation right now where a lady who is 94 i believe um is in a nursing home. They need to sell her house. She did a power of attorney many years ago, but for one reason or another, that power of attorney may not be as effective as it should be. It hasn't been reviewed or renewed in a long time, and she now has dementia. So it's a problem for the sale of the house. It's a problem for what to do with the proceeds. It's a problem. <laughs> And so if you have dementia, you have no more legal capacity to sign new documents, right? Exactly. And nobody knows when that may happen, so get your documents done, get some planning done. How about this uh, myth? People think that, well, if I do a will, it's going to be able to take care of the distribution of all of my assets. Is that true? I'm not sure what all this myth is about, but if the asset is not in your name, okay. it's not going to dispose of that. If you held it in some other uh, trust or mechanism, it wouldn't be. How about retirement assets? Uh, right, yes. So if you have an IRA or if you got a 401k at work, and uh, sometimes it will simply say, my estate as the beneficiary. So when you meet with somebody, Mike, for example, do you make sure that you ask questions about retirement accounts and IRAs and check the beneficiaries? We do, and IRAs are really complicated, actually, because there's new laws regarding IRAs, and you know sometimes people say, oh, I want to name my trust as beneficiary of an IRA, and that gets really complicated for taxes. Um, but So we always ask those questions, but you can't always 
include the IRA in a trust or in a will. That's true. Well, here's a quick quotation about making mistakes. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to look at our time clock here, but I can't at the moment. If we slide that over a little bit, that would be better. Right now, I'm just looking at somebody's face. So, Which is a pretty face. Yes, but it doesn't tell the time for me. <laughs> so here's a quotation from a guy named William J. Clinton. Do you know who he was, Tenny? William Jefferson Clinton. Right. I don't know. President of the United States, he said, if you live long enough, you'll make mistakes. But if you learn from them, you'll be a better person. It's how you handle adversity, not how it affects you. The main thing is never quit, never quit, never quit. When it comes to estate planning, though, make a beginning, get it started. You have to learn that you cannot listen to your neighbor. You can't listen to some of the things that you even read. You have to get some proper advice if you want to do estate planning. I think one interesting myth when we've been talking about wills is that wills mean that things just go to the people that you name in your will without any process whatsoever. Um, no, a will has to be submitted to the probate court, and people really don't understand. I think almost everybody I see misunderstands that and thinks that the will is going to take care of everything in the lawyer's office. And do you know why people think that? Because of movies and television. That's right, TV shows. Mike, have you ever seen a movie where people are sitting around in the lawyer's office and the lawyer is going to be reading the will Mm -hmm. and it says, to my favorite nephew, I leave my farm. And then everybody faints at the table. (laughs) To my granddaughter who didn't pay any attention to me, I'm going to leave her $5. And people walk out mad. That's a myth. That doesn't happen, does it? No, I mean, that doesn't, that's not the end of it, that's for sure. No. (laughs) But a lot of people have the impression and they believe in the myth that, gosh, if I've got a will and I'm gone, the family's simply going to meet at the lawyer's office, they're going to read the will, and everybody will know what they're getting. Mm -hmm. No court involved. Mm -hmm. No. You can do that, but you're still going to have to go to court to right. probate the will. Right. So um, we're going to take another break in just a moment. I just want to give you a quick quotation from a guy named John Senna. If you don't learn from your mistakes, then they become regrets. So stay tuned. We will be right back. Call 508 508- 998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Money Wise is in many places. If you missed a minute of the show or want to listen to past episodes of Money Wise, go online to usawealthgroup.com and click on the radio page. That's usawealthgroup.com. This is Money Wise Radio. You're listening to the best of Money Wise Radio with the Money Guys, Ray Lance and Pete Lance. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're having a little bit of fun this morning talking about estate planning myths, and boy, there's a lot of estate planning myths. So I guess if I had to say rule number one when you're thinking about these things is, First of all, don't listen to your neighbor. Um, they're always going to tell you something wrong, and they're not going to get it right. Uh, secondly, do get some professional advice because that's where you're going to do it correctly. And the most one... importantly, don't wait. Yes. Uh, here's, a, here's a quotation. I want to see if you can guess who wrote this quotation, Tenny. Take time to deliberate, but when the time for action has arrived, stop thinking and go in. I have no idea. Franklin Roosevelt. Napoleon Bonaparte. Aha. Well, he went into Russia and got smeared. So. Yes, he did. That's true. <laughs> well, let's say go, go into the office. Take time to deliberate, but when the time for action has arrived, stop thinking and go in. <laughs> so a lot of good it did him, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, do you find, Mike, that a lot of people just kind of like wait until the last minute to come in and talk about estate planning? 
They do. People tend to wait until something happens or they just never do it at all, actually. Or something <laughs> then, shocking happens yeah, in their yeah, family. Maybe right. suddenly somebody in their family has died and they say, oh, no, I need to do something myself. Mm-hmm. I really should take care of these things. But people tend to procrastinate. Right. And I have a situation now where a woman passed away. She was fairly young, and she had a retirement account that she meant to update with her husband as beneficiary, or they're not sure if she did or not. And so she passed away fairly suddenly. And now we're waiting for the company to send out beneficiary paperwork. We don't even know where it's going to be sent (laughs) because they won't tell us. It's a mystery. Yeah, they won't (laughs) tell us who the beneficiaries are. They're just going to send out the forms to the beneficiary. (laughs) So he's waiting to see if he gets anything. Isn't that incredible? I think one of the most interesting things about practicing law are all the unusual circumstances that you run into. You Mm. never know what the next client will bring. Yeah. Or as Madeline Kahn said in Blazing Settles, oh, it's true, it's true. <laughs> but I can't tell you the backstory behind that on the air. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, there are lots of mistake estate planning myths, and there are lots of estate planning mistakes. The, the biggest mistake is simply failing to plan in the first place, and everybody needs to plan. I guess the common thing that you say a lot, Tenny, is if you don't make a plan, the government has a plan for you, and it may not be what you want to have happen. And um, how about digital assets? A lot of people think, well, I've got stuff in my computer, but I'm not really worried about that. I'm only worried about my bank accounts and my things. People don't think about planning for digital assets, do they? Passwords. Oh, and I'm so bad about passwords myself. Yes, it's it's an affliction. <laughs> um, that's one word we could use to describe it. It's it's sort of like not wanting to get involved in the digital age. I think is what it is. Maybe I don't know. But, I just I don't keep track very well. Well, uh, of your own digital accounts, yes. In the office, you're very organized. But when you do estate planning, don't forget about your power of attorney. Don't forget about who's your health care representative. What if you've named children as your health care representative and they move to the opposite side of the country? Mm-hmm. Maybe they should be thinking about reviewing those documents or maybe revising them. That's one of the reasons why we have our review meetings is to sit down and go over the documents and see if anything's changed that people may want to change if a child moved or some circumstances change in their lives. You can name new executors or agents. So here's, here's a myth. I did my estate plan 10 years ago, and I'm all set. That's, that's a good myth because Could you, be. <laughs> you, you do need to update them. Mm-hmm. Now, when somebody comes in and you've done their estate plan and you just come in and they're coming in for a review meeting with you, um, do you typically charge for that meeting? No, it's a free meeting. Um, We say come in every three years or so just as a free review to look to see if anything's changed. And as part of that, we also go over assets to make sure things that should be in the trust are in the trust or things that should have beneficiaries have beneficiaries. And that's always something we look at too. And you also want to see, I suppose, whether assets have increased in value because if they've increased in value... Maybe somebody who didn't have to worry about an estate tax before now must worry about an estate tax. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a married couple, Tenny, um, or yeah, it would have to be a married couple. It could be same-sex couple too, couldn't it? Sure. Um, same-sex couples, um, two men who are married, two women who are married, um, they have the same rights and obligations to do planning as... You know, non-same-sex couples do. Right, and I think that word is the operative one, that they have the right to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had that for many years now in Massachusetts. That's correct. Um, without any estate planning, they'd be in the same boat as others who um, die without any will or trust. And a lot of times you'll have same-sex couples um, 
who may get married and then later adopt children, and it doesn't necessarily occur to them that now they have children who are their legal heirs, and they need to plan for that situation as well. They need to name guardians, right? Well, they need to do all of it, but you do need to update and review periodically. Um, if you have somebody new who's coming in who might have done an estate plan with somebody else, another law firm, for example, um, I, do you charge for your initial meeting to review those documents and when you're meeting with those people? Pro- probably not unless you're doing a detailed review of a trust or something, I suppose. Well, if if the document is still valid, we, we look it over for sure. We attempt not to interpret or uh, criticize any other documents, but if we see that there are some things lacking in them or the situation has changed, then we would tell the client. Mm -hmm. Now, how about this as a myth? I don't need to worry about my final arrangements, my funeral and burial arrangements, because my family knows what my wishes are. Maybe. Maybe. And maybe they have money to pay for it. Maybe they don't. Yep. So um, I know we can help here in the financial company at USA Wealth Group with making sure that there's a payment plan in place or a small insurance policy to take care of that. I wonder how many people have ever thought about doing that. And I wonder if somebody has a particular set of wishes, but they haven't put it down in writing, how do they know that their wishes are going to be followed if they don't? put it down in writing, or make some prearrangements. Mm-hmm. So all those things are important, aren't they? It's not morbid. It's good planning. That's right. And it's an exemption if you <laughs> have paid for that for the, for the nursing home and need Medicaid. It's an exemption. Now, how about this? Um, you have somebody who comes in. They say, well, we've got three children, and I want to leave... Uh, or maybe it's just a single person. I've got three children. I want to leave $150,000 to each of my three children because that's about how much money I have. And then the money goes away. Or they leave money to one child and they leave a house to another child. It's more important, I would think, in some cases to think about leaving assets in terms of percentages instead of just dollar amounts. It's always hard when people come in and say, I want to split things up, you know, between kids, if it's anything other than just leave things equally, because then you get into, you know, what's the value of the house? Um, What if the retirement accounts or other kinds of accounts go down in value or if they use the money and then there's not enough in the account? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's always that's always tricky. But it's one of the things that we try to figure out when people come in is how to split things up. And let me ask this question. Do you think, Tenny, that um, children should automatically receive assets when they're of legal age? Uh, if you're talking about age 18, yes. <laughs> then absolutely not. Um, so, our recommendation is that if uh, someone between 18 and at least 25 is to inherit something, that they would inherit it through a trust where someone... Uh, who is responsible can determine whether that expenditure is useful, valid, sensible, and all those sorts of things. You could also use staggered ages too, couldn't you? Mm-hmm. Say, I want yes. one third at 25, and one third yeah. at 30, and one third at 35. Yeah. What about somebody who might have special needs? You can make special arrangements, right? Absolutely. The, um, you do not want somebody who is receiving public benefits to receive your estate unless it is huge and that that estate could then take care of the child because the public benefits are much more important over the life of that person. So the concern is if you don't word it carefully and make special needs language in your trust document, uh, they could end up losing some of their public benefits. Right. And then you need to think about, gosh, there's so many things I can think about. What if you want to make a gift to charity? What if you want to make sure your pets are taken care of? And what if you have new pets that you didn't have when you did your trust or your will before? You need to make arrangements for all those kinds of things, don't you? So the message today is that people don't think about these things 
or things change in your life, you have a lot of misconceptions that, well, somebody will take care of my animals when I'm gone. You can make arrangements for all those things. You can do pet trusts. You can do pet trusts. Too now, so. <laughs> so we've gone through most of the things that we wanted to talk about for myths about estate planning. There are many others. So the important piece of information I want to leave everyone with is, what have you done to take care of your family? And if you are, have questions or uncertainties, or if you haven't done enough, or if you haven't done it for a long time, make an appointment and come in and see Mike or Tenny, 508-998-8800. The job that you folks do is really important, Attorney Tenny Lance and Attorney Mike Coleman. You help people protect their families, and you help people make sure that they're done correctly. Mm-hmm. So... Thank you so much for being here, and thank you for listening. You've been listening to Money Wise with the money guys, Ray Lance and Pete Lance, powered by USA Wealth Group, Inc. If you have questions about retirement, call today, 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. Money Wise is also online. Go to usawealthgroup.com. This has been a presentation of the Best of Money Wise Radio with Ray Lance and Pete Lance. Firm offers insurance services. USA Wealth Group, Inc. is an independent financial services firm that utilizes a variety of investment and insurance products. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management and USA Wealth Group, Inc. are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This right show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. USA Wealth Group Inc. is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by USA Wealth Group Inc. USA Wealth Group Inc. has a strategic partnership with tax professionals and attorneys who can provide legal advice. Lance Law, Inc. is not affiliated with USA Wealth Group, Inc. or AE Wealth Management. This radio show is a paid placement.